gentlemen welcome to episode 55 of beyond the blade here on the hockey writers podcast channel in the grand stand sports network the best view in sports i am your co-host chad didamenesis and i'm your other co-host bill shockey and hockey's back hockey is bad like you said yes. we were talking about this morning we kind of just woke up and you're like oh hey there's hockey twitter like alive and kicking well, and there was yeah, a lot right? today it's like uh, everyone just kind of woke up from their summer slumber and everyone was back on Twitter today and it's probably the first time in a long time I had Twitter open for like two hours straight just refreshing and reading all the you know the comments of the teams and a couple contracts signed today and a lot went down. Yeah yeah so there's, a, there's actually a lot to well I wouldn't say a lot there's just a good amount to cover today so a couple of things we're going to touch on training camp starts tomorrow uh, or today depending on when you're listening to this so we're going to talk about that. For the Sabres, Prospect Challenge wrapped up over the weekend. We'll touch on that. Uh, Housley, I don't know if he dropped a bombshell, but something interesting. Reinhardt moving to center. That could change up maybe who's potentially able to make the roster and stuff like that. We'll touch on that. And then at the end here, we'll kind of give uh, who our guy is. Um, if you remember last year, you know, my guy was Carrier and Bill had his guy. Uh, so we'll kind of pick our guy, quote unquote, for training camp this year at the end. But before we get into the Sabres stuff, there's a couple things we kind of want to touch on. One, NHL. All some NHL things, uh, but the first thing I wish you got out of the way here that happened this morning, Beyond the Blade is now the official podcast of Die by the Blade um, of SB Nation, so that's pretty exciting, and I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. We already got some good comments on how people like our intro this morning, Bill, so I guess it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah, the much you know bigger following uh, for Die by the Blade, so bring it on there. Um... I'm excited to get it going, you know, get a, a new group of fans joining us and listening every week and interacting is the most important thing. I, I love, you know, the back and forth on Twitter. I had quite a good conversation during the prospects challenge with a couple guys and I feel like it's only going to ramp up here as training camp starts. Absolutely. So beyond that, so that's definitely exciting. So we're looking forward to that. Like I said, the interaction is huge. So new people who are listening to us from Die by the Blade, um, we're going to post our episodes on Die by the Blade, but also, you know, iTunes, those places we post it. Uh, feel free to interact with us on Twitter or right on Die by the Blade or wherever else you can get in contact with us. Bill and I are very big at interacting. We love it. And that's kind of the whole thing behind Die by the Blade. So 
that's kind of fit right in our alley there. Uh, but beyond that, Bill, we did have some interesting NHL things. And where I want to start is maybe kind of the, I guess, the humor of the day. And uh, that's Matthew Shane reporting to camp with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I think if you ask somebody in Avs management, maybe they would have preferred he didn't show up today. Because <laughs> uh, if he didn't see it, basically he had an interview this morning where he threw out the – I mean, not literally, but in a way, threw out the Marshawn Lynch line is, I'm just here so I don't get fined kind of deal. Uh, but basically he said he was there for his teammates and the fans and he's in good physical shape and that's it, peace, and walked away. And then there was a picture that came out later with him, like, I don't know. It's, it's a hilarious picture. I'll just say try to go find it on Twitter if you haven't seen it. Just holding the stick, getting his picture taken, and, like, I can see the – like, you talked about it. I can see the photographer saying, like, hey, man, crack a smile. And he's like, nah, nope, trade me. <laughs> um, nope, no way. So that's uh, pretty funny, but, you know, Colorado put themselves in this position. So they can only blame themselves on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really – it's <laughs> literally a definition of somebody who's there physically, but definitely not mentally. I mean, if you followed Duchesne at all last year, he had, I mean, it seemed like he'd just given up on the season, especially with Wise coach and those games he was sat and then put on, you know, the bottom six pairing. It was just ridiculous what happened to him down there uh, over in Colorado. So, I mean, I, I'll give him credit. I give him credit for showing up. Uh, yeah. it's, he's probably just trying to make himself look good to whoever he's going to eventually get traded to and hope it gets done sooner rather than later because it was <laughs> – it was funny, but it was also pretty painful to watch. Uh, poor guy, such a great talent to just kind of be wasted in Colorado. And I mean, both sides even have said, I think they both came out today and basically said they're still trying to work out a trade. But uh, yeah, the the faster that gets done, uh, the better for both sides. Yeah, you know, you have to kind of wonder yourself sometimes how Sackick still went on an organization. I mean, it's not only Deshane and uh, Nikita Zoroff, Zadorov, excuse me, wasn't there today, still didn't have a contract. Uh, that's been going on all off season. They're fighting over half a million dollars. So yep. I don't know, but it wouldn't shock me if Sadorov ends up in the cage all this season. And I don't know, Colorado's in Colorado's in some trouble. I mean, they they got some guys, you know, coming. I guess in the coming years, but really they don't even have enough defense to play right now. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I saw like a Colorado reporter or something, maybe like a guy who covers a team, sent a tweet to the Vegas Knights and asked if they had any extra defensemen laying around. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty it's good. Pretty bad when you have to reach out to expansion to try and get your defensemen <laughs> back. But uh, Oh, man, Colorado. <laughs> so beyond that, in the division, I guess it kind of affects your fans team a little bit. We talked about this morning too. Uh, David yeah. Pasternak finally gets the contract. Uh Impressive for Boston and Sweeney. It was less mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. Six years, 6.66 per, uh, $40 million in total. So good for Boston to get that done. Uh, the one good thing that's good for Pasternak is I believe I saw today he's going to be a free agent at 26. Oh, yeah. A UFA at 26. So that's – I think <laughs> that's definitely the reason he went uh, and took the 6.66 now because <laughs> either Boston or somebody is going to pay up because if he continues – even close to what he did last year for the next six years, uh, or yeah, six years, he, he's going to get paid and he's going to get uh, the monster contract. He didn't get this time around. So uh, good for him to, you know, get the contract in. And then now he just has to show up and prove that he needs that big contract again. And like you said, it's it probably one of the better deals that Sweeney's pulled off. Not too hard, but <laughs> yeah. uh, with what he's done in the past, but I mean, good job for both sides. I would say the Pasternak contract, I don't, it, made, it definitely made it tough. Our keepers are due tomorrow uh, by the end of the day. But 
I think I still might go with Bergeron over Pasternak just for the the shorthanded capabilities. But it uh, it definitely uh, will make me go back to the spreadsheets tomorrow morning and throughout the day and, <laughs> and make sure I'm making the right decision. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it. I guess you did it for your team too, right? You kind of like came in there last second for you. You should show up the camp tomorrow for you, Bill. So you got a decision to make there. <laughs> I got about 26 hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> to be decided what happens with that situation. So the last thing you want to talk about uh, is a former Sabre. Uh, mm-hmm. I, f- I didn't even know he, got, he didn't have a contract yet, but Marcus Foligno gets a four-year, $11 million contract, $2.875 million per. Uh, got that contract uh, this evening, a little bit, a couple hours ago before this podcast started. So I don't know, maybe I'll let you go, because I'm still, from talking to you, like when you first told me, you know, to guess at it. I didn't see it. And I was like, I don't know, like four or five, like three and a half, four. And it was, I was obviously way over, but um, my initial reaction when you told me the cap hit, I didn't think it was terrible. But um, before I give my side, I'll let you kind of maybe give your little take or thought on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, like you said, the, the, the yearly average isn't, isn't terrible. I mean, it's probably for what he produces point wise, it's probably a little high, but I think kind of where the question mark comes up I mean, good for Felino. He got the four years. But from a Minnesota standpoint, I kind of want to see it on my team before, you know, I'm giving a guy like that four years. I really expected two years here, uh, kind of, you know, one year to prove it. And then if it, do, you know, if it goes well, you can kind of give that extension the year after. Or if it doesn't go well, then it's a, a pretty easy guy to trade at, you know, the trade deadline for, you know, one year, whatever it had been. Even if it was one year, 2.875. Uh, I think you can get good value for that if you decide to move him at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think the, the the term was his head-scratcher. Again, though, I think it really comes down to, you know, good for Felino. He got the contract. Uh, I, I'll, I, I think he'll really enjoy it, and he'll, he'll probably do well in Minnesota. I'll enjoy watching him in Minnesota. But I'm not definitely not sad that uh, the Sabres weren't the ones to pay the four for 11 uh, to keep Felino around because I, I just – he's a replaceable player, in my opinion. So. I mean, he was, he was a great guy uh, off the ice, on the ice. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. But when you come down to, you know, the thick of things, the bottom six guy that 2.875, I can probably get somebody for one, 1. 1.5. And he's going to give me just about enough, if not the same production that Felino was giving you uh, when he was here. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree with most of that. You know, it's, the thing about Minnesota, I think, too, it's a part of it is, one, what they see his role being, and two – he was kind of a piece in a big trade they make. I mean, they traded away Scandella. So I, I think part of it is they kind of had to sign him and show that he's going to be part moving forward. Right. I mean, Ennis, who knows what Ennis is going to be, and I think he only has one year left after this year. So he could conceivably be gone. I don't know if he's on a bad year. He can conceivably be gone after this season. They could buy him out next year, you know. So I guess maybe you have that assurance with Felino in the four years. But I'm with you. The, the cap hit's fine, whatever. But if it was me, if he was on the Sabres, I kind of would have, would have aimed for two. Uh, last year, I think was his first full consistent year he's put together while being in the NHL. Honestly, yeah. Um, we've seen him disappear for long stretches. He again, he didn't do it last year. He was very consistent last year, but mm-hmm. you know that that's one year of I don't know four or five hours when however long he's been in the league now that he's shown consistency. So that's you know so that's four it's four other years where he didn't. So mind you, he was finding time on Eichel's wing as well. Exactly. So that that's another thing where I don't know if he's gonna get that opportunity and. Minnesota, but I think the Western Conference game that he'll play in uh, maybe fits his style better. Maybe he'll yeah. see, I don't know, maybe he'll 
get more points or have a better opportunity to put up more points or putting scoring situations with the way he plays and his style fits in that conference. So like I said, good for Marcus, good contract for him. Um, am I mad the Sabres didn't do it? Or he's still not here. The Sabres aren't paying him. Not at all. Like I said, I think he's a very, I don't say very, but he's a replaceable player. Sure. They'll miss his leadership in the locker room, but I don't know. I honestly kind of forgot he wasn't on the team this year <laughs> until he popped up here. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not hurt or cut up over it. Yeah. I will say, I, uh, I got NHL 18 and with the roster updates, it was really throwing me off having 82 on the back end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be Nathan Bullier, right? He's 82 this year. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it was really throwing me off. I, I definitely the first time he came over the boards, I'm like, what's Felino doing on defense? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's pretty funny. I know um, there was a Q&A with Eichel at the ESPN reporter. Oh, yeah, that's it, right. He, they were talking about fantasy football, and he said there was a Sabres fantasy football league, and uh, the commissioner got traded, so somebody else had to step up. I wonder if it was Marcus, <laughs> the <laughs> commissioner of the league. Or Ennis, uh, one of the two. One of the two. So I guess O'Reilly had to step up to be commissioned, but I found that pretty <laughs> funny. It's pretty good. I, I could also, if you didn't see it, um, his one rule change recommended too was have no offsides. You know, he said mm-hmm. he would just he said stand the other end of the ice, wait for the puck. That was his solution. Yeah, I mean the guy he climbs the ladder. He he goes from all star <laughs> player to coach to GM to commissioner <laughs> all in, in one year. <laughs> really and, t- and tandem bike rider too. Don't forget that. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. If if nothing else, this guy is he's building quite the resume for himself once <laughs> hockey is over. All right, so I want to go now uh, to kind of get to the Sabre stuff here and put the NHL stuff kind of behind us, get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Uh, let's start with the prospect challenge. Wrapped up over the weekend on Monday, the Sabres went 1-1-1, one, one one, right? They won. They lost in overtime, won against Boston, and lost against Pittsburgh. Do I have that right? Uh, I think they beat New Jersey, lost to Boston, right? No, I think they lost to New Jersey because it was uh, – a. New Jersey was, was first. The, Never mind. Yeah. Yep, it was yep, the Bailey, right. Bailey shot wide in overtime one. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we saw something that we haven't seen, didn't see last year. We saw the big guys like Bailey Gooley and CJ Smith, uh, Cliff Pooh, all of them kind of stand up, you know, it was frustrating to not see Nylander cause he kind of got that minor injury in the first game. Uh, but you know, it's good to see the big guys, you know, Bailey looked like a man amongst boys out there, which is good. Uh, Gooley looks like a stud. C.J. Smith came out, of, came out of nowhere and reminded us that he's should be in the conversation heading to training camp. And Cliff Pooh looks like a steal with a third-round pick from a couple of years ago. He had that electrifying speed, played as top center for the you know on the team. So all in all, I would say a pretty promising tournament to get out of those big guys. Yeah, it's definitely a complete 180 from last year. <clears throat> I mean, all the guys you expected to do something last year were just silent. Uh, I don't even know if they won a game last year. Um, so they definitely – I mean, there was definitely times where they were not carrying the play at all. Uh, they were being worked, especially against Pittsburgh and early against the Devils. But uh, they found their game, and they were able to score, which is important. So, yeah, I mean, Bailey, I think, looked the best out of all of them from, you know, game one all the way out throughout. Uh, his speed was on display almost every night. He's just running people over. Uh, he's going into the corners, basically just begging people to try and knock him off the puck. And he he just – he finally looked like he – I thought he was going to look last year. And then, like you said, Gooley – I mean, his first game was just okay, but it, uh, games two and three, man, he, he stole the show uh, from the back end. I think he had three points the other night. He was just really good. And the power play. 
Yeah. Got it carried down from uh, the big club to the prospects. Uh, I think they were five for five at one point against Pittsburgh. So I think so too. I think so too. It, it's something ridiculous. I, so the power play is really good throughout the tournament. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's tough to, you know, pr- prospects coming together with the new coach too, uh, to kind of come in and work or work through a challenge like that. Uh, you could definitely see the struggles early on. I, th- I think it was more prevalent with Nylander in that first game. I think he was having trouble making passes, uh, not knowing where guys were going to be. His speed was there, which is good. You saw he was a little bit bigger on his skates. But I would have liked to see more of Nylander in that first game. Like you said, it was unfortunate he got injured. So we'll kind of see how things go in camp here. I will say one thing, prospects challenge, take it for what it is. Uh, It was great to watch hockey. I watched all three games. But it is just the prospects challenge. Nobody's going to make the team out of the prospects challenge. If anything, you're just going to get a call to camp. Uh, because of how like Cliff did <laughs> yeah exactly so that's what i mean it's not bailey played great but he's not making the roster because of the prospects no, challenge. no. who played great he's gonna get called to camp even though he's probably got at least another year if not two yeah, he'll be part of the first cuts probably yeah right uh so that's i just you know take take the prospects challenge for what it is it was great to see hockey back uh props to the savers for actually live streaming that even though the hammer work was what it was yeah um, it's true but yeah, no, I mean, all in all, I, th- I think they did really well. And I think uh, it got a lot of fans, including myself, fired up uh, to kind of head into camp here. Because like you said, not only did they play well, but the, the big guys that you want to see show up, showed up. Uh, so if they can kind of continue that through camp, I definitely think it was a, a good stepping stone to kind of springboard them into camp coming up here to, tomorrow night. Yeah, so like I said, practices start tomorrow. Uh, two sessions, one at 945, I think another one at 1145. I think that carry that same type of schedule through the weekend. Uh, so they're all open to the public. So you listeners can go check that out. Uh, but the big thing we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier in the, first the podcast on topics, uh, Housley today, I wouldn't call it a bomb, but maybe a pretty interesting tidbit he dropped is Reinhardt is going to get a look at center. Uh, he didn't say like that maybe he played there forever. Then he wouldn't say, you know, a couple of guys are flexible. They can move throughout the lineup. But definitely mentioned Reinhardt's going to get a look at center, at least in training camp. And, you know, I kind of thought he might fit in this team pretty good as a third-line center. I kind of pushed for that last year, and the team was having injury issues, and they needed a center to give Sam a try there. I think he got a game, maybe two at center. Uh, but, I mean, you have O'Reilly or Michael O'Reilly and Reinhardt as your top three center. That's a pretty deep center core. So, before we get into how it mixed up the lines, uh, I'm just curious kind of how you feel about Reinhardt moving into that center position. You know, I, I think it gives depth in the middle. That's a good thing, but um, maybe it'll leave some holes on the way. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest – I wouldn't say problem, but uh, like you said, the biggest hole that it leaves is you're already looking for somebody on Jack's wing. If you're moving Reinhardt to center, now you got two openings, potentially. That's, you know, going off the last year's lines, which it looks like we really shouldn't be doing at all. Right. Because, um, I mean, and it, it, for all we know right now, Oposo could be on Michael's wing. But uh, before we get into all that – when Eichel was drafted uh, as another center, you know, with the, the O'Reilly trade, you already had Reinhardt. I think that's kind of what everybody saw uh, that day was, all right, now for a team that, if everyone remembers before those draft picks, had no one at center. They were very weak at center, <laughs> kind of like the Canadians are now. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, looking at it at that time, you looked at Reinhardt, O'Reilly, Eichel, and you're thinking, man, if, if these guys all pan out, uh, you're <laughs> as deep as it gets at center. Uh, not to get anybody, 
you know, too excited it is uh, pre or training camp preseason still. But uh, I mean, that's a that's a Stanley Cup three centers to to play with going into a season. Like you said, though, you got a lot of holes at the wing. So you're either looking at you know guys that are going to need to to step up, the younger guys who played well in the prospects challenge, or you're kind of have going to struggle this season, uh, not having enough wingers to kind of fill out where they should be. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of what we struggled with the last two years, wingers being where they shouldn't be, looking at you, Felino, Molson, uh, guys like that, <laughs> Delorier, for goodness sakes, on those top six, uh, on the top six, which they had no place blogging. But you might see that again this year, especially if, you know, they try to keep guys down and make sure that AHL team is good, which they've talked about all season long. I think that's going to be the most interesting thing for me, kind of how that shakes out. But, yeah, I, I like Reinhardt at center. I think he can be very successful, especially as a third-line center, especially if you can get a guy like Kane on his wing. I mean, now you're looking like uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, the HBK line. If you can have Reinhardt and Kane on your third line and somehow fill out the wingers on the other top six, it's going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. It's going to be very deep uh, throughout the lineup. So before we move into the wingers really quick, I was thinking about as you were talking, uh, the organizational depth at center is scary. If Reinhardt, even if you move, even if you move Reinhardt, you don't. Mm-hmm. Michael at the top, O'Reilly, let's include Reinhardt for now. Casey Middlestat, who can play some wing, but he's primarily a center. Uh, Cliff Poo, who we got to look at. Uh, Sean Malone, who can, who plays center. I mean, that's. You're forgetting even one of the most important ones that it's because the injury last year, Larson. He was yeah, very, Noah good, too. very good yeah. third-line center last year before he got hurt. I thought he was playing really well. I, he was starting to score with not only just, you know, shut down line, third line, but <laughs> Larson was playing really well, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good year this year. So on to the wing. So I guess Sam moving to the middle maybe vacates, I guess, both sides of Eichel's wings now. Uh, we thought it was only one. I was like it might be two, potentially. Again, we don't know how else he's going to put these lines together, but – uh, it, you know, I, I've been thinking about this today. There's a lot of chatter on it today. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can go here. Uh, you know, you, you can put Bailey up there. You can put Kane there. You can put Bailey and Kane. You can move Pominville up. Maybe Gergensen's moves into possibly get a top six role now. Uh, Baptiste, Nylander, they can all be in the conversation where you think, where you thought maybe it was one, potentially two of that mm-hmm. group of Bailey, Baptiste, Nylander, uh, Smith getting a roster spot. Well, now it's like it probably is going to be two, maybe three, depending on kind of how players play. So that, that kind of changes the d- dynamic a little bit here. Yeah, totally. I, I really think, like you said, I, I was really only looking to see who out of those uh, guys you mentioned was going to, you know, play that empty top six role. <laughs> but looking at it now, it's kind of wide open. Uh, if he right. if he's serious at putting Reinhardt at center, it's a bit, you're basically begging for Nylander made to make the team. I would think I agree. Uh, you're basically saying, all right, if I'm putting Ryan, I think that's kind of how it works. I think if Reinhardt has a really, really good camp, that's how you're able to move Reinhardt to, I say Reinhardt twice. If I did nope. Nylander, um, if he has a really good camp, I, I think that's what allows you to move Reinhardt to center this year. Uh, if he doesn't, I think that you're going to have to wait probably a year before you can do that because I, I just don't know how you're kind of spreading yourself thin over uh, the top nine if you're moving all those guys to centers. Because uh, like you said, if you had Reinhardt on the wing, Larson, Pominville, Pouliot is a good third line. It's a solid yep. NHL third line. Um, but if you're moving Reinhardt down, now you're spreading those guys out over the top nine. 
and maybe some guys don't fit there. Some guys can't keep up with Jack. And well, I mean, it's hard for anybody to keep up with Jack, but I think you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely intriguing. I think, uh, like you said, the key is going to be that's he's going to try some guys at different positions. Uh, but I really think it's it's an open it's an open door. Uh, anybody who kind of wants wants to make this team out of the big, the young guys, if they really play themselves in a roster spot, I think it's going to really give Housley the opportunity to kind of move guys around as much as he wants. I will say real quickly before I let you go, I really hope that this is just kind of a camp preseason thing and we're not looking at a constant line shuffle like we've seen recently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he made that comment where he's going to be uh what do you say? He's going to be kind of creative and move some guys around. And so, yeah, I hope it's just a training camp type deal. Like I said, and it's not how Bilesma worked and switch lines after one bad game. Cause I might lose my mind. But on the wingers in general, you know, it's it's weird. I've been going back and forth. It really, it's been in my head all day. Uh, one idea maybe that's I'm maybe kind of starting to like a lot in my head uh, in regards to Eichel is putting Kane on the left and you Pominville on the right. Uh, you know, I, the thing about Pominville that kind of scares him though is can he play at the pace that Eichel and Kane, you know, play at? I don't know if he can do that at his age. Uh, yeah. The other idea I like is if you want a speed line, maybe it's Kane, Eichel, uh, Bailey. And then your top line is O'Reilly, Oposo, or it should be your second line. I keep doing that. I, somebody corrected me on on Twitter today that <laughs> Michael is a top center now, and I'm so used to O'Reilly being that guy that it's in my head, so I have to flip that around. Uh, so your second line can be, you know, O'Reilly, Oposo, and maybe Gergensen gets a shot there. I mean, he I, I wrote an article about maybe he could fit in that spot. And then your third line looks pretty impressive if you have Pouliot, Reinhardt, Hominville, that's a really good third line, if you ask me. They can score, they can play defense, they can kill penalties. That's a pretty solid third NHL, any you know, third line in the NHL. And then your fourth line, Larson, and then I don't know, Fashing, Smith. I don't know if I put Nylander there, but you know, no. you kind of just fill that out kind of thing and see how that goes. But I, I, I don't know. There's shocked. so many different ways it can go. Yeah, no, I, if if it went down that way, I wouldn't be shocked if you see Molson on that fourth line for the time being. Yeah. Um, just like you said, I, I really don't think they're trying to pull everybody up this year. No, I don't think so either. Um, but like I said, I, hopefully they're not afraid that if these guys, you know, play play their way onto the roster, that they don't send them down just for, you know, development's sake. Yeah, I mean, it's this is really interesting. You know, I, I've been racking my brain all day too. It, I really think the key to all of this is Nylander. If, if he can come in and play a lot better than he did, at least in that brief time we saw him in the first prospect game. Uh, I, mean, I mean, can you imagine even just like a, a Nylander, Kane, Michael Lyon, and then you have like Bailey, Oposo, O'Reilly. Uh, yeah. And then, like you said, then you have your Reinhardt, Pominville, Pouliot. I think I'd, you know, I'd really like something like that because then you're not really infusing – that, you know, how he said uh, you're kind of taking that third line of Larson, uh, Pominville, and Pouliot and dispersing them between the lines if you move Reinhardt down. This yep. way, you're moving Reinhardt down, but you're filling in those empty winger spots with uh, young kids. And I, I really think that kind of like – I hate to say it, but like at Toronto last year, you're kind of taking those, those guys that have been maybe cooking for a little bit. Uh, they're ready to go this year, obviously, like Bailey wasn't necessarily last year. If he can really come onto the scene, especially Nylander, Bailey, maybe even Baptiste, he played really well with Eichel. I don't want to forget him. 
<laughs> still, every every time I think of those two, I think of that little foot pass between the two defenders. Yeah, and he goes five, five hole on the goaltender. Yep. Yeah, it was a beauty. So uh, there's there's definitely a, a lot of guys here that it, it's going to be really interesting, especially the first couple practices to kind of see what lines roll out, just to get at least a, a glimpse into what Housley is thinking, and then we can kind of base everything off of that. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to have to wait long. I mean, the first preseason game is on Monday. There's another one on Tuesday. So right. <laughs> they, started, they started playing real hockey games here pretty soon. Well, not real hockey games, but you know what I mean. Professional hockey players, not prospects, are playing hockey games. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see kind of who plays in that first two games. I think they have five or six preseason games. So, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how much of a look we get. You know, maybe we don't see all three, like, together. Maybe we'll kind of see pairs. Probably. You know, like Kane, we'll see some time with Eichel, or Bailey, we'll see some time with Eichel, and we'll kind of figure out kind of what the how that works out. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 exciting. It's it's crazy. It's it's training camp tomorrow, a couple practices, hockey game on Monday. Like it, it's here, and then the season is a couple weeks away too. October fifth. It's really not that far away, believe it or not. So that's pretty exciting too. But uh, before we go out here, before we cut out, we have to make our quote-unquote, your guy picks. Now, last year, my guy was Carrier, uh, who now is a winger for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> I think your guy last year was Baptiste, I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was Bailey, but Baptiste was my dark horse. That's what it was. That's what I it was. Th- yeah, uh-huh. I don't think he was getting enough love, which, or not, he wasn't. <laughs> Played like so, 16 games last year. He did, he did. And I think he was set down too early a couple times, too, if I'm not mistaken. I last year kind of all blends together, but whatever. Uh, but this year, I don't know. I, I guess I'll kind of let, maybe I'll let you go first. You know, who, who is your guy? I mean, it have to be an under radar guy. It can be yeah. Bailey or Nylander or whoever, but who is, who's the guy I guess you can say you're kind of pushing for, or I guess maybe the most excited to see. Yeah, I know yours. Uh, obviously we talked about this before. Yours is a little off. I wouldn't say off the cuff, but uh, maybe somebody that not everybody's really thinking about. So I'm, I'll go first because mine is, I'm going to go two years in a row here just because <laughs> I love that he stepped up in the prospects challenge. He looked really good. He looked really fast. He looked, you know, bigger than anybody else on the ice. That breakaway goal was really nice. He split the two defenders. Uh, It just, it has to be, we've talked about it the last couple of podcasts. It has to be Bailey's year. So Bailey is going to be my guy. I really think unless he just bombs in training camp, there's very, I, I would probably give him, 80% 80% chance of being on the opening night roster. I, so I, I got to I gotta go with Bailey this year because if it isn't this year, uh, like I said last week, I don't know that it's ever going to happen, at least with Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. If, if you know he can't crack the lineup this year or play, I don't know, I would say at least 50 to 60 games for them. I mean, he's going into his final – is he RFA next? I think he might be an RFA next summer. So – you know, that's, that comes down to, I don't know, maybe you have to consider maybe trading that guy for something else. So I think this is a big year for Bailey in Buffalo. Uh, so I agree with you there. And, you know, I also agree with you. I, I think unless he has an absolutely putrid camp, that he's pretty good chance to make this team. Uh, but like I said, my guy, you know, I'm going to go a little bit of an under-the-radar guy. You know, I, I did a piece for Die by the Blade about some under-the-radar guys. And I mentioned Matt Tennyson and Stevie Moses. But uh, the guy I'm going to go with here because he really impressed me in the prospects challenge and kind of, he's a forgotten guy. Cause you only got to see him twice with how Bilesma, I don't know, was annoying with the way he did things. Um, and that's CJ Smith. You know, he, 
I forgot how much how productive he was in his senior year of college. You know, 23 goals, 51 points, I'm not mistaken. That's pretty impressive. Now, that doesn't always transfer to the pro game, which is understandable, but so the guy is production in college. Uh, he was highly coveted college free agent. He came to Buffalo for an opportunity. And I don't know. I mean, he had some, he had some nice goals. You know, he had some nice passes, some nice plays. The one-timer goal, and he, you know, the pass mm-hmm. from Gooley was pretty nice. Yep. Uh, he also had a really nice pass, I think, back to Gooley, where he, like, went cross ice, through a couple of defenders right in the tape. Gooley tapped it in back door. Yeah, yeah. Give and go, yep. Yep, so that was really cool to see. So, I mean, Smith's not really going to wow you, but, I mean, I think he has more skill than people give him credit for. I think he has more potential to produce than people give him credit for. He's not the fastest skater in the world, but he's, I would call him an average skater. So, I don't know. I, I think if some guy surprises, you know, I don't want to say he can be this year Derek Grant because I think he's way better than <laughs> Derek Grant. I was waiting but, for that um, drop. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he's way more talented than Grant. But um, I would agree. It, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe he nabs – a bottom six role potentially. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see, you know, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued to see how he looks with professionals and not against, you know, prospects. So some of those guys, maybe not all of them, cause they're kind of all the same ages. Cause there's no, you know, college guys, or European guys are a little bit older. Uh, so he was maybe one of the older guys in the whole tournament, but like I said, I'm kind of curious to see how he plays against pros and I'll definitely have an eye on him. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, a nice guy to have. Um, I remember when you said it to me initially, I was like, meh. And then I was like, well, you said I talked about Carrier last, Carrier last year. And uh, I'll give you credit. I didn't realize how much, you know, speed, speed and skill the guy had. Uh, and, he, and he, you know, cracked the lineup and, and played really well, uh, well enough to be picked by the Golden Knights. So uh, for this year, I'll, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I call my shot two for tier, then I'm, I think I get a pass for the rest of my life. If I go two yeah. for two, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll never question it again, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I remember going into last year's training camp excited, uh, about the potential of guys who could, who could make the roster. And then we basically came out of camp with their grant on the team. Right. But, uh, right. I really, I really feel like I know there's a difference between, you know, guys that are fast and playing with speed with the puck. But, um, I really think that, these guys that, you know, have that speed, your, you know, your Baileys, your Nylanders, your Baptiste, your Ghoulies have a chance. And uh, I think if that's what Housley is looking for, <laughs> I really, I really think that uh, they're going to get a look, a hard look at training camp and potentially making this roster. Yeah. Uh, really quick for your close. I kind of want to mention Ghoulie, you know, I, I, I don't think people are giving him enough of a chance that he really has to make this team. So I, I want I mean, to talk to you about that because, or well, talk with everybody about that because I mean, the defense as a whole, I, I, it's hard I, to find a spot for him if you think that's about the it. problem. Yeah, yeah and that's why the, I who's coming out. out. You gonna, what are you going to put Bogosian in the press box? Like you know, how was ideally yeah, you don't yeah. want to put Antipin in the press box. Your first signing or your first right. trade, you're going to put Bolu in the exactly in the press yep. box. Yeah, it's just I just the, with the over and I give Macho credit. I mean, the overturn he had to this defense is is pretty amazing. Um, but I just unless one of them is just terrible which you won't even know for, you know, a month or two months. Um, I just don't see how he can make it out of camp. I really think if Gooley is on this team, uh, I think in your your one article about – Oh, bold predictions? Bold, yeah, bold predictions. You had him playing 50 games. I think if that is the case, I think it's going to be after, you know, the first 20 or 30 games. 
Right, which is um, what I say. is how there's either an injury thing that get that he gets in here, and then once he's here, he never goes back. Yeah, because I mean, unfortunately, I, like unless he, which is possible, he did it. He has you know, to be two, a stud in camp. Yeah, an absolute he did it two stud. years ago. But yeah, he's he really has to just come to camp and like they go back, you know, to the to the offices afterwards. I'm just like, we cannot send this guy back down. But I mean, even even if he's just good, I just I don't see how he makes it out of camp. Uh, because like you said, you just, you got three new defensemen, your others are wrist line and McCabe and Bogosian. I just don't see how you're taking one of those six out. And <laughs> obviously, yes, Gooley is way better than Josh George's, but if I'm having a six, a seventh defenseman, I'd much right. rather that be Josh George's and, and Gooley playing 25 minutes a night in Rochester in all uh, situations exactly. than sitting on the bench every other night. Uh, waiting for a chance to get in. So, I yeah, I, I really think he, he starts the season in Rochester, but I, I guarantee you he's probably your first call-up. Uh, so, I mean, kind of unfortunate for Gouley, but at the same time, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to hurt him to spend, you know, another half no. year down in Rochester. Uh, no, go, go be the guy, play the big minutes, play power play, play penalty kill, and, you know, get your feet under you. I mean, it's your first full professional season. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think that would hurt him anyway, but – <laughs> um, I'll, the way he played in that prospect channel, though, I am intrigued, at least to say the least. You know, if I, I guess after seeing him play, I think maybe he has a better chance than even I thought. Right. Uh, but so, right. like you said, he's going to need to be stupendous. We're like, they're like, no, he can't. He's going to need to put up points. He's going to need to be all over the ice. And he's he's going to literally have to be like the the best defenseman out of all of them. Yes. For him to make the, yeah. the roster out of out of camp. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, believe me, how, do think, this. <laughs> how do you think Casey Nelson's feeling these days? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, give Nelson credit. He kind of, he rebounded the end of last year. Um, yeah. But I mean, at this point he's, you know, especially with Antipin here, boy, you, there's yeah. so much youth with Gooley here now. Um, don't forget Will Borgen's going to be coming soon. Probably, right. probably the end of this season. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he's at best case year seven forever. And, plays top minutes in the minors. I think that's kind of what Casey Nelson is. You know, I just, he just, I don't, I don't think he has that speed either that, uh, that Housley no. wants in defenseman, you know? Right. Yeah. He, he's no, a good I, puck mover, but he just, he doesn't skate that well. I'll give him, I'll give him this. <laughs> if there's anything that you and I always said about Casey Nelson, it's the guy gets points. He does. He gets I don't points. know how, but he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, real quick too. I know my, your guy wasn't that, you know, groundbreaking or anything. So I don't, I want to throw in a don't sleep on guy. That's Evan okay. Rodriguez. Everyone forgets about him. He does. And he, he, I we talked about how terrible team speed was last season. Then a couple guys got hurt and everyone's like, Oh my God, Evan Rodriguez looks great. Just because, right. you know, the, the speed he brought to that third, fourth line uh, when he came up was just leaps and bounds better than anybody on that bottom six. And he so, scored goals uh, too. He played, he played really well. I remember there was at least one game where he might have been the best player on the ice that night. So I just I just throw him out there. Don't, don't sleep on him. I, th- I think he still starts the year in Rochester. He's probably a call-up guy. But uh, he, he ended the year really well last year. So don't forget about him. It's a good name drop here at the end. But uh, what I was going to say is there's certainly a lot of intrigue around. The, it's a lot of excitement. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of watch for where – you know, maybe those really good teams at the top are like, okay, training camp, let's get to the regular season. Where here in Buffalo, you know, we kind of have a lot to watch for. Mm-hmm. That's one of the nice things about having a young team with, I guess, a new coach, a new general manager, and new players. 
that's the one benefit we have that makes training camp interesting and not just kind of a step we have to go through to get to the real hockey. So yeah, that's good because the players are gonna, players are going to play hard because there's roster spots open and a lot of guys are motivated this year. It sounds like from you know from the interviews that we heard this morning. So that's that's pretty good. The one thing I do want to touch on quickly before we cut out is hit my head like my interviews is um. Mm-hmm. I guess a couple maybe little subtle shots at Belsma. Leonard kind of mentioned how yeah, he thought this team needed a trade, how it needed a change. Uh, Kane said he thought this that there was a change needed, and management apparently saw that too. So, you know, there's a, like lot a of, couple little drops in there. I think even Eichel had a, a little – I forget what he said, but there, I think there was something little about how uh, he's excited to finally play how he thinks he should be playing. Right. Um, so I, I, again, just another kind of little shot to the system that was in place. And I really think it did hamper some guys. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, there's just so many things to look forward to, uh, this camp and this season. I just <laughs> can't wait to get it started. I think it's a good way to wrap it up, uh, for episode 55 here training camp, like I said, begins tomorrow or today when you're listening uh, preseason game on Monday against Carolina. Then I think it's Pittsburgh on Tuesday, if not mistaken. Um, so those are exciting to look forward to real live professional hockey players playing hockey. So that'll be fun and exciting. And then, you know, we'll be back next week with, I guess they could probably should continue our look around the division. We've ca- crossed off Boston and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So we still have, we'll do Montreal probably close to the season. Cause that's our opener. Uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida, and oh, Ottawa. Poor Ottawa. Oh, do you remember that? Did you see that defense, by the way, on Twitter with Al Carlson for Ottawa? Oh, yeah. Talk oh. about a guy who's about to make big money. Oh. Uh, I don't see how there's any way that Carlson, he, he might even try to get close to McDavid money. He should. Uh, he should. He, he really should because, man, that defense without him is just, he's the reason they're anything. So to get into a little spiel here, we do at the end to wrap it up. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB Hockey, on Facebook, on Die by the Blade. Now you can interact with us. Uh, subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, the Hockey Writers Podcast channel. A um, little bit of a change there. We've, we've moved away from SoundCloud. We're on Spreaker now as our main, uh, I guess, distribution channel. So that's a little bit of a change. No more SoundCloud for us. Also, make sure you're checking out Grandstand Sports, the best view in sports. Uh, and lastly, definitely make sure you're checking out our partner, Just Dish and Hockey, with all their hockey apparel. Hockey apparel created by hockey players for hockey players at Just Dish and Hockey. So, we will be back with you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy training camp that begins tomorrow. For Chad and Bill, we're out of here. We'll talk to you later. See you. Hold up.